Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look. Wrestling 101, class is in session Pay attention to the teachings, that's from Andrew and Derek I mean these guys making the killer with no competition Dynamic duo better than the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys Everybody make some noise, mess with them, you get destroyed They cannot be beat, take a seat, watch them do their thing on the MIC Face defeat, they cannot be seen like JC Oh my goodness, it's in killing spree, yeah? Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Wrestling IQ 101. You guys know me. My name is Derek. You can follow Wrestling IQ 101 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Wrestling IQ 101. Make sure you subscribe, listen, check us out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get all your streaming needs. Today is a very special day. I got the stepdads in the building, Papa Bear, Wade Kruger. Rad Dad, Radley Belmont. This is being filmed in front of a live studio audience. The stepdads, <laughs> how are you guys doing today? I'm good. I mean, I guess for me, it's more of like just like a Funko Pop audience, but we'll we'll go with it. <laughs> All good. What about you, Radley? I'm feeling really good. I just got my hair washed. It's it's a beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, man, you're you're looking real fresh, man. You got the you got those the sweater vests on right mm. there. Nice, clean hair. I like it, man. I like it. Oh, yeah. I had, I had a special order of this bad boy, but it, it actually matches my gear. So, perfect. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, um, it's been a while since, uh, you know, I talked to you guys. Um, I know a lot of good things have been going on for you. Um, you know, for everybody, you know, the world got shut down. Uh, quarantine happened. Locked everybody down. Uh, for you too, though, uh, how was it like just going through that? And, you know, what did you guys do to keep busy during that time? Uh, it, it was uh, not fun. Um, <laughs> like, I'll, I'll put it this way. For me, it's like once wrestling kind of stopped, and it, it came back for a little bit halfway through and then went away again. Mm -hmm. it's, for that first six months of quarantine, like, I, I can honestly say I was like just depressed. Like I didn't cook. I didn't want to do anything. I was eating out all the time. I put on more weight, which is probably hard to believe for anyone who's met me. I was already big, um, put on more weight. And then the second half and more recently I dedicated to taking it off. Cause like that, that so like mine was just like a, two stages distinct. It's like a halfway through in like September. I was like, I hate how I look. I was, it was making me more depressed. So I, I just started changing every, that was pretty, that's pretty much the story of my quarantine, I feel like. Oh man, Rad, Radley, what about you? How, how did things go for you during that time period? Um, similar for me, but everyone who knows me knows that I get restless within like two days of sitting in my house. So mm -hmm. uh, I, I knew, even though I was continuing to work during quarantine as an essential worker, I still had nothing to do on the weekends. And uh, that really drove me crazy very quickly. And I tried all these different other ideas, um, video games, uh, you know, working out, uh, different types of cooking came later. Um, at one point I had to get surgery because I was in the heat too long outside. That's a whole oh, story. Yeah, but um, it was a tiny surgery. It wasn't anything crazy, but yeah. like it, it, we just went through all this stuff. Uh, and at the end of the day, I just missed wrestling, man. <laughs> I just missed wrestling. 
uh, like Wade said, we went six months without a single wrestling show. We were even advertised for a couple of shows that got canceled. Um, we had to bail from one show because of the surgery I had. And so when we finally got to wrestle, we went balls to the wall. We went all out we, and, and things started moving again into the fall. Uh, I believe we had six shows in maybe two months and then everything went back to just six months of nothing, man. And, but that, that, but that's when Papa Bear started losing his weight. That's when I was really starting to uh, get into my workouts. I bought some home gym equipment. Um, and we just, we've been just trying to preparing for the inevitable. At the beginning, it was like, we don't know when this is even going to end. And yeah. not seeing that light at the end of the tunnel just sucks. And I'm sure everybody feels that way. But uh, even though back in like December, we really didn't know when the light at the end of the tunnel was coming, we knew it probably would be coming. So that's when we started switching things up and we are finally starting to get shows again. And that's, that's a really good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, you know, watching you two as well, um, uh, especially I, I see, I don't, I don't know what it is. Dan, uh, Riley, he always pops up on my time feed. I always see the, the, you cooking, uh, the weight loss and all of that. Um, you know, you guys both are, are looking great. I've seen the progress on both of you guys. Um, what was it kind of that, that motivated you guys to, uh, you know, start this whole, uh, weight loss journey and, uh, I need some motivation here. So I need to know what, what was it for you guys? For, for me, it was like, so I was even big, like in high school, I was, I've, I've always been, even in high school, I was like pushing 300 pounds. Mm -hmm. Um, and for a while I'd kind of just accepted, I was like, well, I just wear a 3X shirt now. That's just what I wear. And then. I was buying like stuff that should have fit me and it was like snug. And I was like, no, we're not going up again. This is not okay. Um, this is where I draw the line. And yesterday I went through all my wardrobe of like old stuff that I had kept when I cleaned out my closet and stuff. I found a picture of me wearing a shirt from like 2008 that I put on yesterday and it fit. So wow. like that's, that's how far I've come but like I needed to get there. Like I'm getting, I'm closing in on 300. I think I'm like 15 pounds away. I, it'll be the first time I'm under 300 since like early in high school. So like, that was my, I just, I hit a weight where I was like, I can't, it's just, it's not good for me long-term. Um, it helped that my girlfriend also wanted to lose weight. So I just started all, and it's, I'm not even working out yet. Cause I don't feel comfortable at the gym yet. Mm -hmm. uh, because of the mask still need, being involved and it's it's tough when you're a big guy and you got to wear a mask it's already tough for me to begin with yeah <laughs> so it's just from diet change it's just and it's not even diet change it's more portion control i found an app i track my calories it tells me how much i can have in a day and as a gamer it's like i, I look at it as a challenge it's like that's a number i can't go over it i'm not gonna go over it i, I lose if i go over it and it's just about staying consistent for me Definitely, definitely. Riley, uh, what, what was it that motivated you and got you to uh, start doing this as well? Uh, for me, it's a little bit of a story, but just to chime in with what Wade was saying, I, I also don't go to the gym right now. I don't mm -hmm. have any plans to go to the gym just because I bought this home equipment and I really enjoy just working on at home. You know, you just turn on some IWTV or you turn on dark yeah. or whatever in the background and you're just working out on your own. I think it's great. So um, I'm not even going to think about the gym right now. Staying safe. That's, that's the most important thing right now. Yeah. Um, 
as far as why I wanted to lose weight, Wade knows this story. Um, in November of 2019, we got to be um, preliminary wrestlers, enhancement wrestlers for Chikara Pro. And we were really looking forward to it. There was a lot of opportunity with the show. We ended, we ended up being um, a part of a show called Action Zone, I believe it was called. But they didn't know where it was going to be on, what streaming service it was going to be on, if you know what I'm saying. So we were really excited about where that could end up with us. Um, since we were preliminary guys, I decided to dress like a bum <laughs> on purpose. I, I wore trunks that I haven't worn in years. Uh, I left the laces out on my boots. Like I really tried to look like a bum. And so we had the, you know, we had the match, we had the show. Um, and afterwards I saw the pictures of myself. And even though I was trying to look like a bum, I just felt like I succeeded a little too much. You know, I was just, I looked a little too accurate to what I thought I was portraying myself as. And, uh, you know, over the years, I always use the excuse like, hey, I'm a stepdad. Of course, I'm going to have the dad bod. Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. Uh, and, and that, you know, as years go on, years go on, a couple more pounds here and there. It just became very obvious in those pictures that I didn't look like somebody who should be on a big streaming service or on tv right now even if even if i wanted some form of dad bod it didn't look good for me i'm, I'm not very tall it, my weight didn't look like a bam bam bigelow style you know like it, it wasn't there yeah. so uh it was very gradual over the beginning of 2020 it was just a lot of me thinking what to do and figuring things out but when quarantine hit i was already starting to look at dieting uh i, I was hoping to go to a gym at that time and it, it just it just took a long time. You know, they say, um, you know, losing weight is like 80% nutrition, 20% working out. And that's a very vague generalization. But like, it really is all about what you're eating. Uh, yeah. You know, when you're eating it, how you're when you're working out compared to when you're eating. Not that I'm a big, you know, buff gym rat now. That's not the case. You know, but I'm just saying there, there are fans out there, fans of us that have told us, like, I'm trying to lose weight now. Because you and Wade, we can clearly see it in the, the pictures we post on our social media every day. You yeah. can see over the months how, how different we look. Um, I fit into my gear better than I did when we the day we got it. I don't. Like, <laughs> my gear is too big now. We, we got brand new gear before quarantine, and it's already too big on me. Oh, see, that, that's a good problem, though. It's a good problem. It's just like a multi-hundred dollar problem, sadly. Oh, I got I get, I get you. I get you. you can, you can get a tailor or something, though, right? Yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to probably look into. But yeah, it's like like Brad said. It's just like for me, it was just nutrient. Like, I'm not. A, my girlfriend likes to go like cold turkey with stuff. She'll be like, "Oh, I'm losing weight. I got to do. I got to drop everything." And like, if I do that, I know I'll fall back. So for me, it's like I've just been. As long as I eat in a calorie deficit, that's all I care about. As long as my calories are less than I need for the day, and it's been consistent. Yesterday, I went to Popeyes and had a bucket of chicken. But the rest of the day, I ate smart, and I still went down from yesterday to today. So, like, nice. it, it's everyone thinks you have to be like, oh, I can only eat salads now. It's like I, I eat, I eat takeout like two or three times a week still. I just know how to fit the fit it in my day. Yeah, no, definitely, I feel you on that, man. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I'm kind, I'm kind of like your girlfriend there. I, I went cold turkey, and I just decided I woke up one day and was like, hey, I'm gonna go vegan, and I did it for three months, and then summertime came and i was like hey man i miss those steaks and those hot dogs and hamburgers yep. 
So I was like, I went back to it, but I'm, I'm maintaining now. And, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, you said your fans, you know, they see you guys losing weight and, and you know, it motivates them. And I'm not going to lie, seeing you guys do it too, during, especially during quarantine, like during quarantine, I feel everybody gain weight. I know I, I probably gained like 20 pounds and then I gradually started working it down. I saw you guys, I'm like, yo, these guys are really looking good, man. They're working out and it, and, and it really motivated me and it made me, you know, even though I didn't tell you guys, but I was like, yo, you know what? Like I got to get myself back in shape and stop playing around, man, for sure. Yeah, it's, it's just look, the, the results, it's, it's tough at first, but it's like, you know, it's going to be worth it down the line. Like, don't let future you be upset about past you for not doing it. You're going to yes. feel so much better if you just, and like, I, if I can do it, it's not that, it's never been easier. Because before you'd have to tr write down your calories and keep like a, a diary of like your stuff. There's apps that do it for mm -hmm. free. Yep, um, yep. And they, you just punch in like, oh, I'm six foot tall and this is how much I weigh. And every day it'll update and it'll take more calories off. And if you work out, it'll calculate it from your phone and say you gained an extra 200 calories today if you want them. Like, it's so easy. Look at that. See, you, you guys are, you, you're being good stepdads already, giving that great information and, you know, motivating these stepkids out here to do the things they should do. Um, you know, you talked about your gear as well. Uh, you know, that's one thing I love about you guys is the, uh, the diesel and uh, Scott Hall inspired yes. gear. Um, what what was the, right yeah, see, there it goes right there. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was like the, what was the thought that went into it and uh, what kind of made you guys, uh, decide on that gear for each other so we that's an idea we kind of we kind of came up with that idea in conjunction with uh, hot dog starks on, during a car ride uh, at one point we were literally driving up to a show and we were talking about it and he's like oh i could design that and uh he kind of designed it up and we're both we both grew up on wcw um rad more than me i i watched uh, but i always enjoyed the outsiders i'm a big kevin nash guy like, I even do the pose when we come out. It's like, mm -hmm. I've always loved it. When we won belts, we did the Diesel and Sean pose when we won the belts. Like, it's it's always been an inspiration. So even though I was like, I'm not going to wear leather pants. I'm not tall enough to pull off leather pants or skinny enough. So I was like, let's go with the khaki shorts and we'll get the inspiration. And the Argyle drip for Rad, I love it's, it. I think it's awesome. Um and then we just had it, we brought it to uh, No Gimmick here in, in New York. Mm -hmm. And she saw what we were going for and found ways to even amp it up from there of like adding certain trim and using certain materials to make it pop more. And it just, I'm so happy with how they came out. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing I, I definitely feel like, um, I don't know how about other people with their gear. I feel like they just say, make this and that's about it. But for us, we got so much feedback uh, and we didn't even ask for it. People were just like, oh, it'd be so funny if you added like a little pipe on the stepdad's logo or if you <laughs> use this color for the Argyle, like that kind of stuff. And it just it just made it better and better. And it was such a collaboration with with Starks, with uh, no gimmick gear. Like it's it was it was great to have that um, mindset. It also told us that we were in the right direction, that they understood immediately like, oh, they're the outsiders. Well, the stepdad is kind of the outsider of the family. So it makes perfect sense, along with me just being a huge WCW fan. Yeah, but uh, so, some people were like, oh, well, why'd you go with the uh, like the brown? 
And like, there's so much in the gear that's like just for us that like, I don't even know if people have noticed it. Like the reason it's, it's brown is because um, I'm a big baseball guy. Mm-hmm. And I was, the, the, the brown inspiration is from the old, I guess they're new again, uh, Padres uh, yeah. jerseys that were the brown mm-hmm. and Padres dad. So it just, it fit. It just made sense. Uh, like, there's so many like uh, little things that we added to it. Nice. See, I, I like that. I like, like that. You, you know, you can tell you guys put thought into stuff. That just blew my mind. The Padres thing. Padre dad. <laughs> nope. No baseball crazy. player. No baseball player has had a better dad bod than Tony Gwynn. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I can agree with that. I can definitely agree with that. Uh, damn, that's that's crazy. That I, I like the way you guys put thought into that. Um, you know, something else that I like that you guys, uh, you do, and you guys do it very well, and I think they're, they're, they're great and they're hilarious, are your promos that you guys do. Um, and, you know, when you guys are putting together these videos, um, what is kind of like the thought process when you guys are putting together a promo together? And uh, the most recent one uh, against the Golden Era, uh, when you're given the silent treatment, that was, that was like just hilarious. I, <laughs> I found that to be funny, but what's that thought process like just getting these promos together? Rad, you want to start or are you going to go? Well, first of all, first of all, I will say that they call us one take stepdads for a reason, because I don't remember the last time we did a second take for a promo. It's It's been probably years. You get oh, one man. take and it's, it's perfect. I, I, I don't know how we do it, but um, uh, a lot of it, a lot of it lately has been us just going back and forth going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I was like, what do you want to do? I don't know what to do. What do you want to do? I don't know. And then, but the cool thing about Wade and I is we have this weird amalgam of ideas. Like our chemistry is just so weird that when when he comes over here uh, or I go upstairs and help him out, because we're in the same house, everyone knows that. But mm-hmm. uh, it's it just um, like, we, sit, we stand there for like a minute and then we have like three ideas. It's weird how it works that way. But I think, just he'll come up with a joke like for instance i said uh i literally we were literally just sitting right here and i was like what if we do some sort of like silent treatment <laughs> mm-hmm. and, it, and he was like oh i'll do so i'll give him the, i'll give him this face and then he's like show me like his crazy bear face and and we just went on like that and i was like oh i'll go over there and do this and it, it just becomes like two kids being like i'll do this oh you well i'll do this so i'm gonna do this instead and then it turns into something that's way too long that we have to shorten to three (laughs) minutes and then that becomes the promo and it's pretty much like that every time early on we used to have much longer promos uh and we would have them edited and stuff and we're trying really hard to bring them down to the bare bones now so people will watch the whole thing if it's like a two minute video or whatever as yeah. opposed to like a six minute spectacular that will do for like a special occasion my whole thing when it comes to promos is like uh rad is has he grounds the promos in like wrestling and i kind of take them into comedy because i'm a big stand-up comedy guy i grew up on like comedy so it's like mm. i feel like when you are like a com like when you do comedy promos it's hard to be short because you have to have the setup and the punchline and you have to have it like th- th- you have to have those moments um or else it doesn't hit as as well as it like if you rush it yeah. uh, but our promos yeah it, it's a snowball effect it starts with like one joke like literally the golden era was like i don't know what to say because 
And then it was like, well, what if we give them the silent treatment? And it just snowballs from there. It's like one joke, one idea, and then that leads to the next one and that leads to the next. And it just kind of goes from there. Yeah, we're pretty much already acting like stepdads 99% of the time every day. So we're just taping what we say is for the promo, you know? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. You guys do a really good job at it for sure. Um, you know, one one thing, uh, you know, that seems to kind of be a, a lost art in uh, wrestling sometimes um, is tag team wrestling. And, you know, you two uh, are perfect. You guys are great at the, the chemistry between you two. And the, just like we said, the thought you put into everything you guys do together. Um, do you guys think uh, that the fans and that wrestling companies in general, uh, that they appreciate tag team wrestling or, and that they invest in it? Or do you think it's kind of like something that's kind of like uh, being lost nowadays? Um, I actually would either, say, either I, one you can start. I was going to say, I feel like it's actually coming back more than it did um i feel like aew has helped with that greatly because they've done a great job of building up groups and and stables and tag teams and alliances and i think that's helped because the only thing on tv for the longest time that was popular was wwe Mm -hmm. and wwe has always looked at tag teams as how do we put two guys together and which one is going to be the star and which one isn't and I feel like they've looked at it that way for a very long time. Um, and I think AEW has helped that. I think there are fans that maybe still don't see it. I mean, it's, it's, it's a gimmick match, but it's like still grounded in wrestling. It's the most grounded in wrestling gimmick match. And if it's done right, you have four guys in there who can tell the story that can only be done by two guys in a singles match. And I think that makes it possible to do so many more things that like even the fans who maybe aren't as into it or don't see it as prestigious as a singles match, you can lead them, like you can lead them to to the, to the water and, and get them to drink it if you do it right. Yeah, totally agree. Totally. What about you, Riley? What do you What are your thoughts on tag team wrestling? Um, t- t- I mean, I'm glad. I'm very happy to be a tag team wrestler. I hope I'm always a tag team wrestler. Um, the first thing I always think of is Arn Anderson, super respected, amazing talent, amazing mind behind the scenes. Everyone respects Arn Anderson. And Arn Anderson once said, the best tag team match in the world will beat the best singles match in the world 10 out of 10 times it, it, in the main event. It, it would be the hottest match you could possibly put on would be a tag team match. And I absolutely believe that because you have twice as many people in there if they're if they're really good you have such an amazing story to tell and you can tell the individual pieces of that story as well in the middle of that tag team match um the format itself can be very basic it can be very complicated any gimmick match in a singles um situation can pretty much be used in a tag team situation and you can't really do that with most other match types um, I do feel like tag team wrestling is coming back. I don't think we're there yet. And I hope it continues to evolve. If AEW had a tag team title match as the main event of one of their pay-per-views or something, then maybe we finally kind of made it to that point. But for so long, like Wade said, WWE has been and right now probably still is the measuring stick. Um, TNA was around in the 2000s, but even they used makeshift tag teams a lot of the time. 
So AEW is really trying to turn that around. I feel like them doing it is making the independents try to turn things around since a lot of those teams came from the independents. As far as like local indie promotions around the Northeast that we wrestle in, it's very uh, hit or miss. Some promotions don't have tag teams at all. And there's no nothing wrong with that, but it it hasn't just flown across the board that tag team wrestling is as important or more important than your top singles guy. Uh, some people think of the tag team champions as like the first title a new guy wins in the company, where where I like to think of it as the the tag team champions of your company should be able to put on an amazing main event, if not as good or better than your heavyweight champion. That's just my opinion. Uh, I see it as equal. Uh, and I'm not just talking about the titles. I'm talking about that spot, you know, yeah. and, and you look at back in with the eighties, the rock and roll express and the midnight express uh, main event is so many shows sold out arenas, road warriors, uh, main evented AWA shows constantly in the eighties. So that precedent used to be there. And I feel like with the right push from the right person uh, in the right promotion, hopefully AEW, uh that that could really happen again absolutely and we're we're the bedtime express so we're going to be ready for anybody (laughs) to take them on that main event (laughs) yeah i love i love how you guys have a uh a good wit of flipping everything to mean something special to you guys it's funny um you know speaking of uh tag team wrestling as well you two personally how do you feel as a tag team from day one when you first started to where you guys are now? How do you guys think you've progressed as a tag team from then to now? Um, I think the most obvious thing that I think Rad would agree with is when we started, we used comedy as a crutch to hide that we weren't very good in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was comedy first, wrestling second. And I still don't think it's more wrestling than comedy now. I'd say it's just we found a better balance of instead of using comedy to hide our lack of ability, we use comedy to elevate what we can do. Um, we, we use the comedy to like add to the match rather than as the match. Uh, we found better timing with it, better. We've refined it more. Um, it's like when a comedian comes up with a new set, you don't film the special right away. You got to like work on it in club ha- and house shows and club shows and mm-hmm. to get the material right, to get those laughs where you need them, to get those moments where you need them. And I think we've done a good job with that. And I think we've done a good job of continuing to add to it as time goes on. Like, I think there's a lot of guys and not a lot of guys, actually, I think it's less of a problem than it used to be, but there is that like guys who do the same stuff every match. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we have stuff that we don't do for months and then we'll bring it back. And, and I like having that range um, when you have multiple things that could win you a match, multiple uh, big moment moves, multiple hot tags, multiple whatever. It, it just adds because, you know, people aren't seeing the same stuff all the time. Definitely, definitely. Riley, what about you? Absolutely what Wade said. Like when we started – we had the basics down obviously but we needed more time with pacing with our storytelling with our crowd work and so comedy we both know comedy i mean it, it just came natural to us so we use that absolutely as a crutch and we still have 
matches once in a while that are heavy on comedy, but it's not every match anymore. Uh, we we use the comedy. Now we use that comedy as more of uh, personalizing our moveset. You know, doing different spanks and things like that. I do the sidewinder suplex. I call the rockabye baby. You know, like um, there's so much we do that's specific to us now that I don't see anybody else do. We do a, a double inside uh, forearm called the sonic boom. I don't know if any other team does that in indie wrestling right now. Uh, right now, we it, the last um, I want to say the last like 14 months, we've had four different finishers. So we're keeping things fresh all the time and we're reusing the old finishers and going back to them. Uh, so we're, we're all about keeping that variety now, now that we have the move set and using comedy more to personalize us to make it a stepdad's match rather than just a tag team match that any four random guys can put together. And, and it might be really exciting, but we want it to be our match. You can only see a stepdad's match with the stepdads. And I really feel like we're accomplishing that now in a way that before it might've been not, not quite there yet. Yeah. I think we also hit a point, I think, where we had like our greatest hit stage where we kind of were doing the same stuff, like recycling stuff. And I feel like we've hit a point where we have all that stuff in the bag now and we could pull it out if we need it, but we've continued to expand and build again. It's almost like when a band puts out a couple albums and then they, they, they tour and it's like, they play all that stuff a whole bunch and then they make the new album and then you, you mix in the new stuff with the old stuff and, and you just keep doing that over time. I feel like we're on like our second or third album now and we're kind of playing the old stuff but working in the new stuff with it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back, in, back in 2017, I started doing the master of the headlock thing where I'd always try to grab guys for headlocks and they couldn't escape my headlock. And just this year I started doing that again, but it's so much more advanced and I'm, I'm headlocking both guys at the same time and stuff. So it, it does feel like almost sequels that the fans maybe didn't see before, but to us, it's like expanding the original ideas uh, and brings a lot of variety. Definitely. Definitely. Um, you know, we talked about tag teams and, you know, you guys talked about, you know, um, involving the comedy and, you know, who you guys are as a tag team. Um, in comedy, whether it's a movie or a TV show, for you guys, off the top of my head, I can think of uh, Chris Tucker and Ice Cube, Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan. Who do you guys think is, are the, the best tag teams of comedy? Ooh. Um, Boy. That's tough. I mean, there's the classics, obviously. Like, I, I still grew, I grew up, like, I would watch Abbott and Costello stuff with my dad. Mm -hmm. Like, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein and like that I, I love that stuff more recently um I mean I do love uh Seth Rogen and and, and uh James Franco as a uh, duo you took, you took my idea I took my pick. <laughs> um yeah I, I'd say that's like that's the first one that comes to mind for me uh I have to I have to think uh Rad if you want to if you have any other ones yeah, I mean, uh, you can use the Freebirds rule for this, but I still to this day love Three Stooges skits. Uh, they have they have an amazing uh, pro wrestling skit from like 1939 or something. Still funny today. Um, other than that, I mean, I think of like the team from Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, uh, At World's End. Oh yeah, Simon Pegg oh, and yeah, Nick Frost. Yeah, yeah, Simon yeah, Pegg yeah. and Nick Frost is like a perfect uh, comparison for us, I feel like. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, right, and, that, and then 
just, it's not exactly a team, but a, one of my favorite groups of comedians would be um, the Broken Lizard guys, Super Troopers, Beer Fest. Mm -hmm. Like, that's like a great, where all those guys add to each other uh, when they work together. Definitely, definitely, definitely can see that. Um, so I ask you, what, what is your favorite show that was filmed in front of a live studio audience? And the second part to this question, which show that was filmed that wasn't filmed in front of a live studio audience do you wish was filmed in front of a live studio audience? See, this is a weird question because I actually prefer when it's not filmed in front of a live studio. Yeah? Oh, man. <laughs> I, I think it's, I just, I think you can do more with it. Like, mm -hmm. you could do more camera stuff, and, and it's easier to, gotcha. to like, do punchlines and film stuff. Um, I'd say, oh, man, uh, a Cheers, probably, I feel like would be right up there. Cheers or Frasier, those were both great shows that were filmed in front of a live studio audience. Um, also, a show that only existed for a little bit, and at one point, I don't know if you'll even remember, there was a show that used to be called uh, Undateable. Ron Funches was in it. Um, Chris D'Elia was in it, but it was it was filmed for the first two seasons, and this is maybe like six, five, six years ago. For the first few seasons, it was it was uh, pre-recorded, and then they did an entire season that was live in front of a, an audience, and I thought that was such a cool thing that you don't see any anymore. Um, like within the past like couple of years, like it was done live, like not even filmed in front of live studio audience, literally live. They would do a West Coast and an East Coast feed. Um, oh wow. I thought that was super cool. Oh, and uh, Saturday Night Live, obviously, would be another. Wait, what show did the West Coast, East Coast feed? What was that? It's called Undateable. Okay. It was, uh, yeah, yeah, Chris D'Elia was the star of it. Ron Funches was also in it. That's how I found out about Ron Funches before he became like a, a big radio or not big, a big wrestling guy on, on like podcasts and stuff. Okay. All right. Because I, I remember the Drew Carey show doing that a couple of times where they had yeah. East Coast, West Coast yeah. feed. 30 Rock as well, actually. Uh, for me, at 100%, I grew up watching it. I, I still think it's hilarious this day. Married with Children. I oh, love yeah. that show. Al Bundy. I, I, I took, when I had uh, the two championship belts, I did the Al Bundy hand in the, in the hand thing. <laughs> Absolutely love Married with Children. I still think it's funny. My girl, not so much. <laughs> so I can't watch it with her. But uh, I think it's I think it's still funny today. If you if you remember the mindset of the '90s, there you know, respect women. But other than that, you know, it's, it's funny. Um, as far as shows that don't have an audience, um, man, I, I I really like uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. That's a classic nowadays. Um, uh, I, kind of kind of random. I really like Dexter. I don't know if you ever seen Dexter. Yeah, that's a yep. really good show, and they're about to like do an extra season, so I'm actually excited about checking that yeah. out. As far as shows that aren't in front, and and I don't know if these shows would benefit exactly from being in front of a live audience, but as far as like my favorite shows that were not filmed in front of a live audience, uh, Community, 100% loved Community. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, Community, and yeah. I'm wearing a shirt for uh, um, what we do in the shadows. Hilarious mm -hmm. yep. show. Yep. Uh, I don't know if it would work. I don't because they have so much set pieces and they have the house and everything, but like an incredible show. Definitely, definitely. Um, you know, when it, when it comes to shows, uh, I'm, I'm kind of weird when it comes to, to shows like 
I don't like watching things when they like first come out. I don't like being a part of the crowd watching things like everyone's going crazy, giving their opinions. So I, I'll tell you guys, I literally just started Game of Thrones last month. I just finished it like a couple days ago. So that's how late I am when it comes to episodes. I like to watch stuff by myself and not with everybody else. I get that. Like, I, I think it's nice to also just be able to watch, like to not have to wait for cliffhangers on stuff. Yeah. Like I purposely waited to watch uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier until it was all out because it yeah. felt like a movie already. So like it felt weird. I was forgetting plot points between each week. Mm-hmm. Um, although uh, WandaVision, I just as soon as it came out, I was watching every week. So there's it, it, it's it depends on the show. I, it's yeah, no, I t- totally understand. Definitely depends on the show, but like, I feel like that era of the weekly TV show that really enjoy is kind of fading away now because we have the whole seasons mm-hmm. or maybe little packs of four episodes at a time here and there. It's so th- things like WandaVision, I loved watching weekly because then I could talk to my friends about it and stuff. Yep. Yeah, I might forget some things, but hopefully I wouldn't if I was talking to my friends, you know, throughout the week yeah. about it. Same but with like The Mandalorian. Mandalorian is like one of the few shows where people are like, we got to talk about this as it comes out, like right away, which yeah. is cool. It's cool to still have that water cooler show that everyone's talking about at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty cool. I, I like it. I think. I think you're. You're right that uh, it's just. It's going away that where people like these uh, weekly epi- episodic shows. We're so used to just being able to watch everything yep. all in one. Just binge watch ten hours and see the whole season in a day or something like that. Um, it's. It's just crazy. And I think. Um, you know, Disney. I think they're. They're trying to capitalize on that. And I think they also just want to make sure you stay a member for a longer period of time. Yeah, don't cancel your subscription, but it's still cool, though. Weirdly, like, the only thing that still follows, like, the episodic format is, like, reality shows. True. They're, like, the only thing that still do it. Like, Amazing Race, Survivor, RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, but even that's starting to go, like, you have, like, The Circle on Netflix, where they'll drop, like, four episodes at a time. Um, so it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, 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 they must have, they know more than me. They must have people who do all the research on this stuff. And it's like, this is what works for us. This is why we do it. Yeah, definitely. Um, as, as you can see, uh, you know, you have a lot of uh, collector pieces behind you there, Wade. Um, you know, you guys uh, collect. Uh, can you tell us some of the things you guys collect and if you have a favorite piece out of something that you've collected? Wade, <laughs> Riley's looking like, <laughs> let me see. What I'm going to see if buy. I can get a good shot of like, so I have th- this bookcase behind me is all different. So obviously you can see there's all like jerseys and, and devil stuff on the wall. And then, like, mm-hmm. on the jerseys is all Mickey Mouse, Funko Pops. Above my head is all bobbleheads. Uh, the, the bookcase behind me, each, like, cubby has, like, a different theme. Like, there's a Devil's one up in the top corner. There's one that has, like, all Spider-Man villains behind me. There's one uh, there's with baseballs that are all signed. There's one that's all Marvel uh, in, in the top middle there. My favorite one is probably, oh, God. So all the way in the top. Uh, far corner is all like Mega Man stuff, which I oh, think wow. is, I, I'm a big Mega Man fan. So that's all on there. And if you could see all those binders, uh, every one of those binders is filled fully with uh, signed eight by tens and signed like baseball cards and stuff. Um, wow, that's crazy. That's my, my biggest collection by far is autographs. I probably have somewhere around 6,000 now. Um, wow. Signed eight by ten, signed pucks signed baseballs, uh, signed cards. 
Um, that's a big thing. Fungo pops, obviously, there's a whole bunch. Uh, and video, even like you can see, there's like video games behind me with, with uh, Jinjo from Banjo Kazooie sitting on top of it. Oh, man. Like, over here is all Disney stuff. I'm a big Disney fan. That's crazy. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, That's this, 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 this room is, is insane. In this corner, it's all, there's, do you see this giant pile of Mickey Mouses that are all over here? Oh, man. Yeah, it, it's, I collect a lot. I, I have no kids, so I have disposable income. <laughs> I, I hear you on that. Not Bradley, what about the, you? Uh, what, are, what are you collecting? Yeah. Let's see. I, Wade's definitely got a bigger collection than me. <laughs> but I do, people who don't know, I love comic books. I love comic books as much as I love wrestling. Yeah. I don't talk yes. about it too much. But I, I could talk your ear off about comic books. So that being said, I have shelves upon shelves of hardcover comics. I, I got I got tons over here. I'll just show you a couple of them. But uh, old magazines, old comic book magazines from the 2000s and things. Like, I, I just love comic books. I got tons of signed stuff, uh, statues, things like that. Other, other than that, I also have some original art that I got from different famous artists. This would this would be a Batman sketch by uh, Jim Lee, who is the vice president of DC Comics now. Oh, uh, so cool. Stuff like cool. that. Yeah, so I, I got a lot of stuff. I, I have more in the other room, but big also, fan yeah. of original art, yeah. Since, since we um, mentioned comics and they're within reach of where I'm sitting, I literally mm -hmm. have like, from our last uh, trip to Comic-Con, like signed copy of Moon Knight number one. Oh, um, nice. Signed copy from uh, Bob McCloud, and uh, yeah, signed copy of New Mutants Two. Wow. Um, signed copy of Wolverine, signed by four of like the guys who worked on it, including Larry Hama, which is like really cool. Um, signed comic of Iceman Number One when they redid it. Uh, even like signed copy of of DuckTales from the, like, the new DuckTales. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, signed Suicide Squad. Um, and then, let, best for last, uh, signed Todd McFarlane, Spider-Man Hobgoblin. So, like, Crazy. yeah, my autographs bleed into the other things that I enjoy. Like, <laughs> Oh man, that's that. No, that's that's pretty sick though. You you know you guys are actually doing me a favor here because uh, when my wife gets mad at when I keep buying stuff, I'm gonna just bring her to this episode and and show her this. So I say, look at these guys; they got way more than me. How are you mad at me? Come on. Let it be known that like I don't think I've bought Funko Pops in like a, over a year unless I already have a place picked out for them because my like there there's so many in this room. There's like another hundred in another room. I had to, I, I can't, there's no more. Like I have to either put up shelves in this room to put them up or I have to stop. So I've stopped. Oh, crazy, crazy. All right, so, so since we, uh, you know, we're talking about, you know, we brought up comics. Um, this is just something I just randomly thought of. Um, you know, there's there's like shows that I wish like, you know, Netflix does like we, they these shows with the superheroes from Marvel or Disney does it. Um, and, you know, sometimes I always wish, I'm like, damn, I wish they would make a show for, for this superhero. Uh, for me personally, like, I know they're supposedly working on it, supposedly 2022 or something. Uh, Blade is a big one that I, I wish that they would make uh, that's supposedly coming soon. 
Uh, Spawn is another one that I would love to see uh, in like an episodic series. Um, is there any uh, comic or superhero that you guys wish that they would make a, a episodic series for nowadays? So they're already working on Moon Knight, so I don't have to say that. Because mm -hmm. that's the one that I feel like they've done so many Batman shows. And like Moon Knight just seems like a perfect choice. Yeah. Um, Punisher, like I'd like to see more of Punisher. I enjoyed the show. I think John Bernthal was great in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved, like some of them, it, for me, it's like, there's just ones I wish were still on, like Punisher. And uh, I loved Gotham when it was on. It was like a perfect mix of camp and, and serious. Um, and it had such good portrayals of the villains that like, it makes me sad that those versions don't exist anymore uh, in a show. <laughs> I think the thing I'd like most like to see would be like a good Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, or even like something with the OG, like a Human Torch Submariner type of thing. Like gotcha. those early, like take those early Marvel comics that weren't a particular hero, but were a few stories and turn that into like a show. Yeah, definitely. What about you, Riley? You, is there one that you wish they had? Yeah, um, you know, I would have said Invincible because I, I collect the Invincible hardcovers, but they already made Invincible, and it's actually really good. So yeah. I would recommend anybody check it out. It's eight episodes for the first season, and it, it, it follows the comic pretty closely, so you can really enjoy the, the real story that Robert Kirkman had for it. Um, other than that, I would say it'd be really cool if they took the original early 1980s format for the ninja turtles because back then it was it was black and white it was meant to be edgy they were teenagers but they were like drinking on the side and stuff yeah, shredder and died in the first issue <laughs> yeah they'd swear here and there and they they, they killed shredder in the first issue of the actual <laughs> the official comic book they killed shredder in the first issue how he became the main villain i i don't know later in the cartoons but uh like there it was such a like a raw edgy version of ninja turtles that we've seen bits and pieces of there's a movie mm -hmm. called turtles forever which is a really good movie uh which has the 2000s turtles meaning the 80s turtles so you get like a the comparison between the two but yeah. they have a very small scene where you meet the turtles from the original comic and seeing that i was like there should be a whole show there should be like an adult swim series or a netflix series or something with just this edgy uh maybe like pg-13 but like a, a harder edge ninja turtles that i would i would absolutely dig especially if it's in black and white just like the original comics you could do so much with that one one show that i wish so this was an idea that already existed and they it existed for like a season a se maybe a half a season and i'm so upset that they didn't do more with it because there's so much potential for it there was a show that existed for like a year called powerless mm -hmm. um and the idea was they were creating gadgets for people who lived in like these cities that were being attacked by supervillains. Like it was in the DC universe and they worked like with uh, Bruce Wayne, like Wayne Enterprises to make like umbrellas that were strong enough to block a brick if, if a building was coming down. Mm. And like, it was such a fun idea of like regular people living in a city where these things happen and how do you plan and prep for it? But they like never took it far enough. It just became like a regular sitcom. And if they had like more heroes and like arcs and stuff, it, it could have been really cool. I like I love the concept of it, of like how do you 
deal with living in the city and how if you're a corporation like who works there like making stuff to make people's lives better as they're getting attacked i thought that was a fun idea that i wish was explored more yeah, no definitely sounds cool i'll definitely check that out if uh I can still find it somewhere. I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, it sure. was okay. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched Community. Um, yeah. The guy, uh, uh, Abed, was in it. Uh, mm -hmm. There was good people in it. Um, Alan Tudyk was in it as, like, it was, there was good people. It just, for whatever reason, whoever was writing for it didn't seem like they were actually fans of the comics. So, like, there wasn't enough, like, depth. And, and it didn't feel right. Got you, got you. Definitely understand. Um for you guys, if you weren't wrestling, what do you guys think you would be doing? What would be your other passion? Um, man, I feel like if I had never gotten into wrestling, I probably would have picked up some sort of instrument at some point. Wow. Like there is just something about being in front of a crowd that, that and being a performer that I really enjoy. Um, and I don't think I'm like I'm funny, but like not write down stand up comedy funny. Mm -hmm. So I listen to music all the time and I'm like, oh man, I love this bass line or these drums are awesome. And like, I, I feel like I would have picked up probably bass. I feel like I, I, I would have picked up bass at some point. Nice. What about you, Riley? What do you think you would be doing? Uh, I, I originally never didn't set out to be a pro wrestler. So I already had something in mind. I wanted to be a script writer. Uh, when I went to college, I specifically took media journalism because I wanted to write movie scripts comic book scripts comic book scripts was a big one because obviously big fan of comics yeah. um i even uh applied for a job at cbs at one point and I, I almost got on if if it wasn't 2008 and the economy didn't crash i would have been a part of cbs that that would have been awesome but uh after that things started turning more towards the wrestling but i i still love the idea of just writing scripts plotting things out like that i would love to be part of like a a room of creative types on an a nbc show or something like that kind of thing um really intrigues me i love coming up with wild ideas clearly uh mm. <laughs> i just do it in wrestling i love telling stories which i'm i can do here in wrestling so outside of typing up a script i'm kind of doing the same thing i'm still presenting stories to uh, the masses and that that fulfills that you know thing in you that wants you know that's that's there so yeah definitely, definitely i also understand. feel like i feel like i definitely would still be doing something with wrestling also like for the long I, I was a photographer for a while i did photos for jersey all pro back in the day and stuff i'd be doing some sort of like filming like helping with a promotion in some way i'm sure even if i wasn't wrestling uh, but like i just there's so many things i want to do just in general like i, I was I was talking the other day, I was looking up where I could go learn to ice skate because I want to pick up like rec hockey. I've always been a hockey fan, but nice. I, I can't, I, I can skate, but I can't stop. So like as a way of like using it to, I'm getting into better shape to keep it going. I was like, let's learn to skate finally. So hopefully in like the fall, I'll, I'll take some lessons on that and pick up some rec hockey. And there's, there's so many things. It's just constant. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, you know, you said, you said, uh, you know, doing uh, script writing, um, if you guys could uh, rewrite any mo any one of your, you know, your favorite moments in wrestling, uh, which moment would that be? What, what special moment would you rewrite and change it? Hmm. I know it's a tough one. Yeah. It's like, because you have to think about how it would affect. Like, <laughs> I'd love to say not having the Montreal screw job 
because then Brett would have stayed and Owen would probably still be alive. But at mm -hmm. the same time, that also means that you maybe never get the attitude era. True. So like, it's hard to balance stuff. Uh, uh, I don't know, Rad, do you have anything? Uh, yeah, I got, I got two. I'm trying to figure out which one. Uh, I probably, I probably, I'll probably say my runner up is having Austin turn heel at WrestleMania 17. I would have gotcha. just, I would just wait the next day, but, uh, I, have I, one. I wonder if you're going to say it. All right. I absolutely would have had Nick Patrick just count the three slowly or, or sorry, not count slowly and count quickly. So when Sting uh, gets pinned by Hogan at Starcade, or just or just not have Sting get pinned at Starcade, that's a crazy idea, right? So maybe Sting can come back after 18 months and just beat Hogan in like 10 minutes. That that's probably what I would do. I, I, yes. There's so much that there's so many things that get fixed from that. Like Sting looks like a million bucks. WCW finally wins. They they could have had Hogan move on to something else. Like mm -hmm. yeah, I, it would have fixed so much for WCW. I think another thing, another idea on how to fix WCW would have been just instead of constantly having the NWO versus just have NWO win and have the company become the NW, NWO. NWO. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side in WWE, it, it's I don't think anything for me personally would top having the Nexus win. Um. I think that would have elevated so many guys. It would have felt like a real changing of the guard in a time where it was needed so bad. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it would, and it would have not had people turn on scene. Like they would have let Cena would have been in the chase again. It would have felt like almost a second NWO, but not as, but maybe run by people who knew how to end it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that'd probably be mine. That makes sense. See, so for me, for me, I have I have two moments that have happened in um, wrestling. I'm I'm a huge NWO fan. Um, I'm one of those when they say NWO for life, like that's me. Like I have signed uh, Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, the original three NWO T-shirt hanging on my wall right now. Um, for me, it would be uh, when when Kevin Nash first appeared on WCW Nitro. Um, something that annoys me so much. I don't know if anybody ever notices it, but he said, oh, I'm, I'm here in WCW. And he said, uh, this is where the big boys play. Check the Look adjective. at the adjective. Play. Check the <laughs> adjective, boy. I, I was just like, it's not an adjective. I was like, wait, I, what? <laughs> I was so confused when he said I quote that. that. I quote that all the time. Even my girlfriend who has never watched wrestling and doesn't care. I will I will bring that up in conversation and just drop it in. And just, it's just so, like, so yeah. hilarious. I'm just like, oh man, I'm like, what what are you doing? So I would change that. That that's a minor thing. And also when uh the NWO was formed, uh when Hulk Hogan is coming to the ring and Bobby the Brain Hena says, but whose side is he on? I feel like him saying that kind of took away from is like it kind of took away from you knowing like okay, so maybe something's going to happen and he's going to join the NWO. I would have, I would have rather him not say that during that part, him coming Look, out. I, I feel, I still feel like that is what Bobby Heenan would say though. That's the thing. It, it does like hurt. He the hated moment. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I, I think it hurts the moment in retrospect, but anybody mm -hmm. who saw it live, that's what they would assume Bobby Heenan would say. And I feel like you can't, unless, unless you saw it live, you probably will never get that feeling because you already know what's going to happen. True. True, definitely. 
Oh man. Well, there's a lot, a lot of things that could be rewritten. Um, but you know, what can you do? Uh, we'll have to fantasize about it. Um, here goes a, another one for you guys. If you guys could pick any stepdad for yourselves, anybody in general, who would you pick? What, like to be my stepdad? To be your stepdad, yeah. Yep. And does it have to be a, a famous stepdad or a famous dad? It could just be anybody? It could be anybody. Famous, not famous. It could be the gas station clerk, whoever you want it to be. And there's so many options. <laughs> this is a tough one. Um. This is a really tough one. See, for for me, the the I would go with uh, who Riley talked about earlier. He talked about married with children. I I'd pick Al Bundy all day. That would be that would be my stepdad. I would probably go with, and I just feel like it would have created such an incredible experience growing up to have this person as your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good. Wow. I feel like he's like the quintessential dad energy, like of just like the jokes and like I feel like that would just be such a fun. And then you grow up and your your dad is the genie from like like to be a '90s kid, you know what I mean? It just it just yeah. What about you, Riley? Do you, you have anybody uh, you can think of? I know this is tough. <laughs> Brad's this is really stink. tough. This is really <laughs> tough. I, I didn't know fictional characters were allowed in this either. That just <laughs> oh, see, another it just expanded level. it even more, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Brad, I feel like for you, it's got to be like Stan Lee. Stan- <laughs> that would be dope. <laughs> that, that's not a bad answer. Let's, yeah. let's go with that. Stan Lee. I can just imagine every morning I wake up, go downstairs, I hear like the eggs crackling and he turns around, Excelsior! Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be a good day. I'm Thanks just trying to think like people who'd be like good, like comic, like Kevin Conroy. You grew up in your dad's Batman. Like that's cool. Or even Mark <laughs> Hamill. Oh man. Yeah, I know this is a, that, that was a tough one. All right. How about, how about this? I'll try to, I, I'm hoping this one will be easier. <laughs> if you, if you could pick, anyone to be a stepson or stepdaughter who would you pick to to be your stepson or your stepdaughter hmm. i'm gonna try I'm, I, it's like i'm trying to keep it like age appropriate like someone right now would be like a good choice no yeah i got you they gotta be like younger uh you pick somebody so so for like me let's say with, with this one i would say i would pick uh if you remember the show the smart guy so oh, I would pick I would pick Mallory. smart guy to be my stepson. <laughs> not Mallory at that age when he was when he was that age when they, you know they were filming the show. Tia and Tamara as well. Yep. That they, they could be, you know, stepchildren as well. I could I could see that. Uh hmm. trying to get some like not annoying child actors. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many that are just awful. Uh Listen, don't worry. Question. I really I'm, appreciate I appreciate the, the thought. And it's like, I don't want to give an answer that I don't believe in. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. Um, it's all good. Riley, what about you still thinking too, Riley? Who is that kid that won the tag team title at WrestleMania? I think his name was Nicholas, right? Yes. I'll take, I'll take Nicholas. You know, we have a good little tag team going. He's already got experience. You know, we're on our way. I'm going to say WrestleMania. Just because I, I, I saw it and it, it made me think, uh, I would pick the character Hero from Big Hero 6. Okay. An inventor. Yeah. Created Baymax. I mean, that's a good, 
he's got potential. You know what I mean? Definitely, definitely. I can see that. All right, see that got that was the that was the hard stuff right there. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Who thought that those would be the hard hitting question? <laughs> hard questions of my life. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'm going to ask you guys this. I'm going I'm to I'm wrap it up with this question. For you guys, you know, uh, you know, like we said, we had this break with quarantine. Um, you know, indie wrestling has kind of like changed the, uh, the, the destination for some people and where they're going. For you guys, what is the goal for the stepdads? Uh, is, this, is it still to be a part of a, a big company? I feel a lot of nowadays with independent wrestling, uh, you know, sometimes that's not always the goal for people and you can still be successful just being on the indies as well. But personally for you two, you know, what are you guys looking to accomplish as a team and, you know, where are you guys trying to head? Um, I mean, ultimately the short-term goal is to get back to a regular routine. I feel like we've been, it's been very sporadic for us. It's been hard to gain any momentum since coming back. So like the big thing for us would be like getting one of those like bookings or one of those opportunities where it's like live streamed on IWTV or something to just get in front of more eyes first. Um, and also just get back in that groove and really find our rhythm uh, short term. Long term, I feel like getting a shot on like AEW Dark or Elevation would be the thing. Like that, like it's, it seems like the place to be for tag teams. So mm-hmm. I feel like that's the would be the big goal if, if, if ever there was one. But in the meantime, it's like just getting that next step up, like jumping from like double A to triple A or like making that middle jump first. And we're not like out here. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I think we should be booked on AEW. It's like, it's about taking the steps to get there. Yeah, totally agree. Absolutely, absolutely. Like uh, I'll throw, I'll throw company names out. I really want to get into limitless wrestling. I really want to get into beyond wrestling. I really want to get into all these companies that IWTV prioritizes right now. That, that's not going to happen overnight. We know that. But we're, we're inching little by little. You know, We're at some good companies right now. Test of Strength Wrestling we started with last year. We're, we're doing great stuff with them. Uh, we're working with um, Wrestling Association Gumi. That's debuting next month. Uh, they have a lot of great people on their first card. So there's there's a lot of opportunity for us to be seen. And hopefully it gets to that level to where we're wrestling, um, you know, MSP again, but in front of a bigger audience. We're wrestling Waves and Curls. We're wrestling the main event. Uh, great tag teams that are already getting on dark. That, that's where we want to be. So we want to wrestle the people who are getting there. You know what I mean? And then when we can do that and we can prove ourselves, the goal is definitely to get to AEW. Um, that we, we've talked so much about how they're prioritizing wrestling in a way that nobody else is. And we, we want to be a tag team. We want to be remembered as a tag team. So we don't want to get split yeah. up and thrown into some performance center system or anything. That I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Definitely not for us. And if yeah. that means if that means it's not a one way street, we gotta hit up an MLW or we gotta tour uh, outside of the country. I'm all for it. Yeah. But the goal is definitely to get to a platform w- that appreciates tag team wrestling. And right now, that's AEW. Yeah, this isn't us saying like, oh, we think we should be AEW tomorrow. We we're working on it. Like we're taking the steps. That part of that was the weight loss, and then it'll be building back up with like a good physique. And like, it, but it's all 
steps that like that would be the ultimate end goal if there was one. Um, and I don't like I don't say that as like oh I won't feel I succeeded if I don't get to AEW. That was never a goal to begin with. It just has become one as we've evolved. And I like I think I see it and it just seems like the it makes sense as an end goal. But like if I don't get there, I won't be like well this was all for nothing. Uh, I I'll think like we when we started we thought we would we were never gonna be anything. So we've already exceeded that. It's just about when you hit a new goal, you make a new one. You just keep making goals. When you hit a weight loss goal, you don't be like, well, I'm done losing weight. Like you keep going. So you, there's all these little goals along the way. Like the fact that we've gotten to be on shows with guys that I grew up watching as a fan is cool. Like a guy like we wrestled, like you mentioned uh, Tessa Strength Wrestling is run by Slick Wagner Brown. Slick, Wag- Slick Wagner Brown was a guy who I grew up watching in the Northeast scene as an indie guy. Like the fact that that's someone who now is like sees something in us to want to book us was like a huge stepping stone goal. And that it, it just added to the desire to go further. Definitely, yeah. definitely. You know, you guys, um, like I said, I, I think you guys as a tag team, uh, you guys are amazing. I, I know you guys put a lot of uh, thought and a lot of uh, hard work into who you guys are and, you know, creating the stepdads. Um, I honestly, I just think it's a matter of the right people just seeing you guys and seeing what you bring to the table. And I think, you know, once we get a lot of eyes on you guys, you guys, I can see, you know, the future being bright for both of you. And I definitely, you know, we wish you nothing but the best uh, here at Wrestling IQ 101 for sure. Appreciate that big time. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Definitely. But, you know, thank you. I want to thank you guys for coming on the show. I really appreciate you guys taking a time out. It's definitely been a while. I know we could talk forever. I know you guys have a lot of great <laughs> things to talk about as well. Um, if fans want to stay connected with both of you guys and the stepdads wrestling, uh, how would they do that on social media? Any social media, just stepdad at stepdads wrestle, all one word. Do not put a space. You will get weird results that involve <laughs> weird things that we don't, I'm not going to say we don't condone it just that it's a separate lifestyle than what we practice it's not a wrestling thing i mean it's- you don't want to tell your mom about it you know what i mean yeah <laughs> definitely i can definitely see that so be careful the way you guys are spelling stepdads out here but definitely yeah. so yeah all one word stepdads wrestle mm-hmm. twitter uh instagram it's either stepdads wrestle or stepdads wrestling and uh Right, Red, am I messing that up? Oh, yeah. Yep. Step uh, Just go into the search engine, type, put in at Stepdads Wrestling. You're good to go. You, you can yeah. find us on YouTube that way. You can find us Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, where mm-hmm. we post uh, matches, exclusive stuff all the time. Yeah, like uh, We've got TikTok. We've got yeah. TikTok. So, oh, nice. You know, yeah, yeah we're, so, trying to, we're trying to stay hip with the kids, you know? Yep. And I have more, like, if you ever, if anyone ever just wants to talk about, I don't know. You need weight loss motivation. Hit me up. You you need. You want to talk about autographs. You want to talk about the hockey, baseball, whatever. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok as Wade Kruger one. Kruger the same as Freddie. Uh, I'm on all those. So feel free to say hello. I'm, I'm around. Now wait, that's with two G's. Not with two G's. Not with one E. Not. Uh, I, I one day will have a full thing spelled out correctly with stepdads is one word and Kruger 
with a correct spelling, but I was gonna say, who doesn't know how to spell Kruger, man? <laughs> a lot, a lot of people spell it K R U G E R without the the U E. Oh, I don't know. Goodness. Luckily, uh, every everything we post, we post daily. I'm posting mm -hmm. pictures every day. It has mm -hmm. our exact names in the description of every picture. And yeah, unless everything. Rad spells it wrong, which has also happened. That, that definitely <laughs> happens. And I went back and I fixed it. But yes, absolutely happened. I own Jack Harder. All good. All I know good. what Caesar felt like when he was like, "Et tu, Brute." <laughs> hey, man, it, it happens. It happens. Um, but fans, definitely make sure you guys check out the stepdads. Make sure you follow them. See all their great promos, uh, great T-shirts, uh, great matches, uh, just everything that they're doing. Make sure you follow those guys and check them out. Subscribe. Give them your support for sure. And uh, definitely make sure you subscribe here. Give us your support at Wrestling IQ 101. You can check us out everywhere, like we said in the beginning, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, anywhere you get all your streaming needs. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you check us out. Check out this great episode and all the future great episodes we have coming on the way. And for this episode, it's Derek, it's the Stepdads, and we are out.